Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Sided Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. We have a very special show for you today. It is a debate show. It is a roundtable discussion, another one of these. And as usual, we like to welcome on a few Cubby's Crib writers onto the show to help spice things up a little bit, create some debate, some agreements, disagreements, fights, handshaking, a little bit of everything. Uh, so right now we have Bill and Marty. They were on the show recently. It's good to have them back. And we will hopefully be joined by Cody as well. So for now, it's me, Adam, Bill, and Marty, and hopefully Cody. Uh, so uh, everyone, welcome to the show. Adam, my co-host, how you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I've got some good noodles here. That's great. Uh, I'd be better if you would accept my fantasy football trade offer, though, Alex. Well, I, <laughs> I'm not. No, it's not happening. I need I'm just, to. I, I wanted to tell you on here. All right. Fine. <laughs> Bill, I hope you know that we're show. not friends anymore, though. Oh, that's that's glad fine. To be, glad to be back on. Cool, Marty. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us back. I'm not one to talk fantasy football in here, though, because all my teams are two and four. So it's been a rough, tough sledding for, for the kid over here. Ooh, yeah. And, you know, uh, my philosophy in life is never help out plebes. So that means never help out Adam at fantasy football, even <laughs> when his trade proposals are are crap. Oh, come on. <laughs> I offered you Julio Jones, my number one overall pick. Come on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For Barkley, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, for a rookie, come on, that's a steal for you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm just going to brush him away. By the way, folks, this is not what we are debating about on this show tonight. We will be talking <laughs> about baseball because this is a baseball-themed show. Manny or Bryce, that is the name of the debate. Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, they have been talked about by Cubs fans for a while, especially Bryce Harper, uh, but they're both free agents this coming year. And there's a lot of talk that the Cubs may pursue one of them. Um, there's been a lot of debate on social media and amongst just other Cubs fans who they'd rather have. I mean, they're both at superstar status. So, you know, it's, it's, it's something to choose from here. Before we get into actually who we want, what I want to know from you guys is, do you worry? Because let's face it, they're both going to cost around the same amount of money, probably. They're both going to cost a fortune. Are any of you worried about any financial implications this may bring if they do sign one of these guys? No. I want to hear from you. I don't, I don't think that the Cubs in general should be worried about how much money they're going to spend. I know, obviously, there is a pseudo salary cap, but – the Cubs are going to have a lot of money coming to them very, very soon in terms of uh, either deciding that they're going to renew a contract with, let's say, NBC or someone else in, in stream stuff. But uh, there, there, there should be no limitations on their spending. Obviously, there are limitations, and they don't want to have crazy salaries. But 
I really don't think that it should be a hindrance in terms of signing one of these guys. Are they going to sign both of them? No, they're not going to do that. I think uh, with the way the free agent, free agent signings last offseason went, they're going to be a little more hesitant, although those guys are, are sort of different, and two of them were obviously pitchers. But I don't think it should be a hindrance at all. I agree with you there. Uh, Marty, what do you think? So my concern is not so much the money. Um, I, I mean, I, either of these guys are going to bring in a financial burden regardless, but I think that, you know, the Ricketts will be willing to spend, you know, the luxury tax and over the luxury tax. And so I don't think it's the actual money that I'm concerned about. What worries me a little more, honestly, um, is the life of any deal that these guys might get. Uh, you know, we've seen in the past these super deals that go – 10 years and 10 year contracts for guys like Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera and A-Rod, um, you know, these, these long mega deals do not last very well over the life of the contract, especially in the latter half. Um, once they start getting, you know, closer to 30 um, and beyond. And um, the one thing that's going to interest me, especially after last off season and seeing some of the free agent deals that were signed there um, is are these guys going to demand that kind of, you know, eight to 10 year deal? Um, you know, I think it's worth noting that even though someone like Jake Arrieta is a Scott Boris client, he still was willing to sign for three years. Um, now granted that was with the Phillies and we're talking about the Cubs here who have now, you know, they're coming off of three straight NLCS appearances and a world series. Um, so it's a little bit different of a situation, but that said, I just, still kind of wonder if perhaps a guy like Harper Machado is willing to kind of take that risk and bet on themselves and maybe sign for, you know, five years to kind of decrease the, um, you know, the financial burden down the line on the organization. Okay. I think those are all fair points as well. Obviously longevity of a contract is something that uh, a lot of people look at. I think the one comforting thing, if you were to put one comforting thing over, Pujols and Miguel Cabrera is that they're still pretty young. So at yeah. least if it was a very long deal, it would be until like their mid thirties and not till they're 40, right. but that's still a very yeah. valid point. Um, Adam, what do you think about the whole thing? Well, financially, he, I mean, he's right that those, those really long-term deals tend to sour uh, about halfway through, but the reality is you're not going to get a guy like Machado or Harper for, for less than something like eight years. It's just not going right. to happen because if the Cubs aren't willing to do it, somebody else will. In fact, many right. teams would be willing to do it. So that's, that's just, that's just the reality. It's, it kind of, it stinks, but uh, that's what it's going to take. And I'm not really too concerned about the, the financials of it because I think the Cubs uh, otherwise are pretty much set uh, for the next few years. I think that, what they really need to focus on most this off season, besides the Harper Machado sweepstakes uh, is their bullpen. I think that's what they really need to focus on. And that shouldn't be too overly expensive to uh, amp up, but uh, no, I, I think they're in, in plenty good shape to sign either one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, the luxury tax, it's not like a hard cap in hockey, you know, it's, it's much looser and, I think the Ricketts would be willing to pay it. I mean, you guys mentioned the TV deal. If that indeed gets done, which I think it will, the way that Crane Kenny's been hyping up that TV deal for a while now, uh, talking with complete certainty, 
I think it'd be completely shocking if that fell through. I think there's going to be a TV deal here and that is going to just rake in even more cash. Plus all the revenue they're making with pretty much everything that the Ricketts have done the past five years. So financially it doesn't worry me. And I think when it's all said and done, when you look at it financially, you look at it from number of years, you say to yourself, okay, yeah, in X amount of years, we're going to have to try to re-sign Javi and Bryant and those kind of guys. But you also don't want to look back and say, well, maybe we saved some money, but did we take full advantage of our window? Because when you have a definite window of contention, when you know you have everybody under control, you want to make the most of it. And with the way Theo Epstein talked after the season, the way that maybe some things didn't go as right with the younger core, I think it's coming to the point where you're going to do everything you possibly can to maximize your window. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have I have one or actually I have two more possibilities, and we we're talking about money. There is there is the issue. Maybe money is not even the problem in signing these guys. There is the issue of the international spending uh, being reduced. Mm-hmm. And also right, the fact that your draft picks might be uh, messed up because you you if you win over a certain threshold in the luxury tax you'd lose ten spots in your draft pick. So if you were going to pick twentieth now you're now you're picking thirtieth. So that might be more of a burden than the than the pure money itself. The 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 one posit I do have and this this may sound crazy. But guys are always trying to, to max out their contract and get as much money as they possibly can while they're young, right? So both these guys are 26 years old. What if, what if they signed a three- or four-year deal that would still put them in their prime after the deal and sign some crazy right. 40, or, 40 or $50 million a year deal? Do you think that's something yeah. they would consider? Well, that's, what I, that's kind of what I'm wondering because I think that especially after – I guess that's why I referenced last offseason because I think we saw that teams weren't willing to give those long-term deals. And right. um, even though Boris may have made headlines for saying, oh, I think we're headed towards a strike or whatever, if teams aren't going to give long-term deals, then, I mean, you know, guys aren't just going to not play. They're going to sign a deal somewhere um, right. and try and cash out while they can. And if yeah. you – you know, if you're as confident as someone like I imagine Bryce Harper is, you would love to to make that bet on yourself, in my opinion. Um, especially, you know, if you have that kind of chance to to immediately play for a winner and make that kind of impact, um, yep. but still grow the game of baseball. Um, I think that you know I could see him doing that. I I, I don't know about Machado. Um, I don't know for some for whatever reason he strikes me as someone who wants a little bit more of a guarantee. But um, in terms of Bryce, I feel like. You know, he's been scrutinized so much already throughout his young career, and the one thing I feel like he just really wants to do and always has wanted to do is just win. Um, so yeah. I think, you know, making that, that would be a good bet on himself. Those are very interesting points, and I'm very glad you brought them up. Um, it's very possible. I think it may depend on their agent, how their agent feels. That may factor into it. Uh, but, I mean, those are valid points. Um, the whole thing with the international money, I think to me, again, very good point. I just, I wonder how much uh, the Cubs organization values that right now. Um, obviously, it's going to make an impact no matter what. But if they think they're like, we're just going to go all in right now and try to get another World Series, maybe they'll worry about it less. 
But these are all valid factors that need to be considered. It's like you said, it's more than just, oh, here's a big contract and here's a ton of money. This is all the money we're spending over this many years. There's all those factors too. That's why this topic needs to be, you know, discussed in depth because there's more detail to it than, you know, that really meets the eye. Absolutely. If there, if, if, if we're just about pure money, you and you knew that you had a chance to win another World Series. What what's from stop you know what's stopping you from spending fifty million dollars a year on somebody for the next three years? If if you knew you're going to be in this window, and you didn't care about blowing over the threshold, what does it matter? It, it's just it's just money. And if they win another World Series, they're going to be printing money. Right. I mean, they're already printing money, but if they win another World they, Series, right. they'll be printing even more right. money. It'll be even crazier. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, these are great things to think about. Um, So as we think about this, we'll actually go into the players themselves. Before we talk about what we personally want, I took a Twitter poll today to see what the public wanted. So the question was simple. I asked, uh, there were four options, Harper, Machado, neither, or both crazy face, crazy face, crazy face. Now both can indicate multiple things. It could indicate the pretty much impossible uh, idea that they'd sign both of them, which I I don't think that's going to happen. Or both could also indicate saying either or is fine. So, you know, I don't know how many people voted for, you know, that particular mindset or the first mindset that I talked about for both. But the majority of the results, 109 votes as we speak right now, 61% want Harper. They're on Team Harper. Um, has that changed over the last few days? Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. But let's just open the floor up. You guys want Manny, Harper, neither, or are you fine with either or? Uh, Adam, ooh, ooh, start me, with you. Me, pick me. Yes. <laughs> In your face. Don't get used to it. Uh, uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a pretty easy uh, Harper for me. It, a lot of Manny Machado's value comes from his defense, and that's inevitably going to decline a little bit as time goes on. I like Bryce Harper's bat a lot more long-term. Um, mm-hmm. The power is as good and sometimes better than Machado. And the big thing uh, with me uh, is that Harper gets on base a lot more than Machado does. Machado right. really doesn't walk very often. And right. Harper Harper does. You know, And and even though he only hit 249 this year, he still got on base at a 393 clip, which is great. And I'm inclined to believe that this season was, you know, I don't think he's trending downward. I don't expect Bryce Harper to hit 249 the next four or five years. I think he's going to be more like the the 285, 290-ish kind of hitter uh, with 40 home run potential. So, it, it, yeah, it's it's pretty easily Bryce Harper for me, even with uh, even with the Addison Russell situation, because I did think for a little bit, you know, that. This looks like the beginning of the end for Addison Russell. I don't know that he's going to rebound with the Cubs. Uh, and so I thought maybe uh, attention would, would shift over to Manny Machado since there might be a vacant spot in the infield. But I, re- I really think they'll, they'll find a way to work around that. I think they'll put Javi at shortstop full-time and, and figure out second base later. Well, Adam, you basically read my mind, and I'll go into my feelings in a little bit. Let's go to Bill. What's uh, what's your take? 
I'm actually okay with signing neither one. I I think I think a lot of the hype after the season, a lot of the negative feelings was sort of overblown. If I had to choose one, I don't think they're going to get both. I don't think they're even going to try and get both. I think Harper obviously fits in better with our offense. You guys already said he gets on base. He walks more. He's got more power. Uh, those are things now with Io I. Posey. Is that is that correct with the pronunciation? Io Posey, our new coach, our new hitting coach? I think I believe it's pronounced Johnson. Io Posey, is that right? Be quiet. Anyway, coach, coach I. <laughs> coach I, I think, is, is sort of in the – the coach Malley role uh, from a couple years ago. And I think what Harper does, he walks, he gets on base, he scores lots of runs, he hits home runs. I think that's what a lot of our guys do. And I think that's what Theo has sort of tried to create with our offense. So I sort of see him as a better fit for the offense. A lot has been made about his defensive liability. I think he's, probably an average defender. Maybe he's a little bit below average. His his metrics this year weren't good at all. He was one of the worst outfielders uh, per metrics. But I'm really not that concerned about it. Maybe other people are. I think he, in the middle of our lineup, I think he could just be a huge killer. I think putting putting him in the middle of the lineup and stacking four or five guys in a row would make things a lot more like 2016 where we had Dexter and Bryant and Rizzo and Sobris and, and even Kyle Schwarber. Those guys all make the pitchers work. And Bryce Harper is going to make the pitcher work. And he's going to oh, worry absolutely. the pitcher. And that's, you know, Manny Machado obviously might worry the pitcher, but he's not going to work at bats in the same way. And I think you guys said it long term. Harper is definitely going to continue to do that. He's got a good eye and he's got a good approach. All right, Marty, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm I'm not so sure that we need either one of them uh, as well, kind of along the lines of what Bill said, but I do have this sneaking suspicion that we are going to go hard for one of them. Uh, and if that's the case, I would also be on the Harper train. Uh, I think, per, to me, the most notable statistic about Bryce is, yes, people always talk about he hit 249, he hit 249, but his batting average on balls in play in the first half was 224, and that is an extremely unlucky number. I mean, if you know, yeah. we're talking about every single ball he hits practically is an out regardless because his, he only had, I think, a seven-point differential between his average and – batting average on balls in play. And that is just absurd. I mean, that is incredibly unlucky. Um, and that's, you know, that measures up in the second half because he hit 300 in the second half with a 378 uh, batting average on balls in play. So clearly it was just a matter of time before he was going to get it going. We saw that in the second half. He hit 11 home runs. He had almost as many hits as he did in the first half. Um, so I think that Bryce is definitely the more steady option. Uh, and actually to to kind of distinct my, you know, distinguish myself from what Bill said, um, I would be more intrigued to see him in the leadoff hole. Um, and the reason behind that is I think that you've seen with Theo and Joe, they want this kind of notion of a guy who hits for, you know, decent average with a high on base, but also has slugging. And I think one of the reasons we were so successful in 2016 
is because a guy like Dexter Fowler has an OPS of 830. He can give you almost 17 homers, and he has some speed. Um, and Bryce stole 14 bags last year. Obviously, his OBP hovers around 400 every single year, and the power numbers are just ridiculous, um, along with the slugging, obviously. So I'd actually be more intrigued to see him at the very top of the lineup, and I think he could offer some ridiculous protection for guys like KB, Riz, Javi. Um, that, to me, is an incredibly uh, intriguing idea. Um, and, you know, we, we mentioned the Bryce metrics defensively. Honestly, I'm not too worried about that, mostly because he kind of pinballs around. You know, he was positive in defensive run saves uh, last year, was negative the year before, positive the year before. So I think, you know, sometimes guys just have a mentality out there, and I almost wonder if the losing was kind of, you know, what made the effort out out there a little bit lacking defensively. Um, And it's tough to even – really knock in too much for the defensive shortcomings, especially when you consider that Machado has a negative 12 defensive runs they've rating at shortstop this year. Um, and yet, you know, a lot of fans are harping that they want him at shortstop. Um, but for me, I just think the upside with Harper is far, far more um, measurable than it would be with Machado. So I would also be on the Harper train. Well, yeah, yeah I think uh, we – we much have the same mindset here, yeah. I was just going to say, in uh, just sort of piggybacking off what Marty said and what I said earlier about the defensive metrics, in uh, in 15, when Harper had his ridiculous year, when he was worth nine war, he actually had a negative defensive rating. So he was still a nine war player with a negative defensive rating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're going to – I mean, you're not going to get that every year. But if you get that every three years, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Now, here's kind of how I see it. Would I be upset if they went for one and not the other? No, because either way, you would be landing a star player. But Bryce Harper is the better bat. If you look at the numbers, like you guys said, the on-base especially – He's the better bat. Now, Manny Machado, that guy can hit home runs. I mean, he's got great power. But here's something that's kind of interesting here. If you take their stats and go back to 2015, so the last, like, four years, you look at the slash line. Manny Machado, 284, 345, 511. Okay, that's pretty good, right? That's pretty good. Bryce Harper, 283, 410, 543, with an OPS of... 952 and Machado's is 856 again that's pretty good but Harper's numbers they're they're a step above he's the better bat he's the more productive bat defense his defense doesn't concern me all that much if he's middle of the road the bat makes up for it now the other thing to keep in mind is Position-wise, it would probably make more sense for Machado because there would probably be more shuffling around for Bryce Harper. But I think at this rate, depending depending on who they want to move, which I think more people are kind of on the block right now than there was last year, especially the way Theo Epstein talked, I think that Theo Epstein would be very willing to do some shuffling to make room for Bryce Harper because – 
yeah, Machado may fit the current puzzle better, but I think Bryce Harper will have a better impact with this lineup. And, I mean, Manny Machado would make a great one, too. If they got Manny Machado, yeah, that would be great. But I just think Bryce Harper is the better option. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think the, the lineup juggling is a really interesting question. Um, you know, for me, I, a, lot of, a lot of people are saying that they would have a hard time seeing a Zobrist half combination at second if we were to get Harper. But I think, for one, that would be sort of interesting to begin with. Uh, and secondly, kind of as you were alluding to, Alex, you know, if they go after Harper, and as Theo's comments, you know, made pretty clear – uh, in his conference after the wild card loss, that means they're going to be willing to move guys like an Ian Half or like an Albert Almora. Right. And I think that's right. frankly what you need to do. I mean, you know, I love Albert Almora, but if he's just going to sit on the bench and, you know, basically be a, a bat off the bench against lefties and then have great defense, we're wasting his value. You know, if we can get a high trade valuation for him as someone who could be an everyday starter somewhere else, and maybe package him for a bullpen, a quality bullpen arm, or another good starter to add to the rotation. Then why not? You know, if we're already adding a guy like Harper, and his bat, and then we can get even more pitching out of it. I think we could do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think there's going to be some moves made here, not only for making room for Bryce Harper potentially if they were to go that route, but I think they'd make moves no matter what just to shuffle things up a bit. Um, and that could coincide with Harper Machado, depending on what moves they make. Um, now, I think the one level of disagreement we have is not so much who we'd prefer, Manny or Harper. I think it's how much we would need Manny or Harper. And the way I see it is, and I'll go through you guys, I mean, Bill and Marty, you pretty much said your piece. Um, but for me, and you know, I'll ask you, Adam, I don't think it's like life or death if they get them, but I think it's pretty important to make some upgrades here. And if you want to make some upgrades, you want to make the best upgrades possible. And doing lineup wise, I should say lineup wise, you want to make the best upgrades possible. And you got a chance to sign Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. I think that'd be a pretty important step. Adam, what do you think? How important do you think would it be to make or not make that move? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you. I don't think it's absolutely necessary for the Cubs to to get either one of those guys because, I mean, if Rizzo has a, a hotter start than he had this season uh, in 2019 and Bryant is back to 100% health, then that's then their lineup is already as, as potent as any other in the league. Uh, but – Harper or Machado would put them over the top in the NL Central by a, by a big margin, I think. And so when you have an opportunity to do something like that, I think you got to take hold of it. Because I, I also think it would be hard for the rotation to to perform worse than they did this year collectively. So I, I think overall things are looking up for the Cubs next season, whether they get Harper or Machado or not. You know, I think the question is this, and I, I'll see if you guys agree with me or not. The question is, do we, it's not really do we need him. The question is, why would you not want that? 
If you look exactly. at Bryce Harper's stats and you see a 410 OBP and a 952 OPS since 2015, why would you not right. want that? What, what would you guys agree with that? Yes. Yeah, yeah if you're in the financial situation that the Cubs are in where you can get him pretty easily, there there's absolutely no reason not to pursue it. Yeah, I Yeah, I mean whether it works or not, they got to, I feel like. I mean, imagine yeah. that. Imagine Imagine Bryant, Rizzo, and Harper in the two, three, four. I mean, that. How do you pitch around that? You don't. <laughs> you can't. You try and you cry. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the only argument against is the money argument, and you know, we're I think we're all on the same page, and I I'm guessing that Cubs brass would likely be on the same page in terms of they're going to be willing to spend some money this off season. Um, and they're expecting a whole lot of cash flow with the potential of the new TV deal and going over the luxury tax anyway. So, um, you know, if that's the question, I don't, I don't think you can really make an, a concrete argument against it. And I think it's fair to say, like, you think that they were thinking about this for some time. It's not like it's the offseason and, oh, look at that, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are available. I think they darn well knew that they were going to be available for quite some time. And knowing Epstein, the way he works, he's probably been crunching the numbers and going through everything for quite some time. Right. Yeah, they they absolutely have an idea of what they can spend, what they want to spend, what moves they would make in the outfield or through trades. And they're not going to tip their hand until something's actually done. Uh, They're – Theo, Theo, this isn't his first rodeo. He knows what he's doing, and he's going to make sure that they don't they don't sign him before they have deals in place for whoever they're going to want to get rid of. Right. Here's the other question that I think that a lot of people are asking: Who would be more likely? Now, in my opinion, just based on everything that's gone on. I think Bryce genuinely would like to play here. I really do. So I think he might be more likely, even if it doesn't necessarily fit as well as Manny Machado. And I question how much the Cubs would really want Manny Machado, even though the recent events with Addison Russell may increase that. I do feel like if I had to bet on one, if there was going to be one, I mean, who knows? None of them could come here, but if my money was on one of them coming here, I would say Harper would probably be the more likely one. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you, first of all, you think about the relationship that he has with Chris Bryant and the fact that they grew up childhood friends. Um, secondly, you know, you think about the Bleacher Report article that surfaced after last season that talked about, you know, Bryce was thinking about the Cubs being his, a preferred destination spot in his career. Um, you know, that's another factor. And, and thirdly for me, and this actually might be the biggest one, we keep talking about positional fit, but I think perhaps more importantly is the cultural fit. And especially, you know, with recent events going on about Machado and talking about how, oh, I'm not Charlie Hustle, you know, I'm not going to run hard down the line, um, and all these other notions about him being a dirty player, that does not really fit in well with the Cubs clubhouse, in my opinion. You know, these are guys who are competing super hard for each other. They're practically sobbing in each other's arms after a wild card loss and um, just totally dejected at their lockers. 
And I think it's rare that you see the kind of passion and camaraderie that the Cubs clubhouse has right now. Uh, and to me, adding someone like Bryson to the fold who already has, um, you know, some exposure to some of the personalities on the team and, and meshes with those guys, I think that only, you know, does more to enhance that chemistry. Um, and I think it could even help him play harder. So um, I think it's almost more about a cultural fit as, as much as a positional fit. I, I completely agree. And, you know, Manny saying that it's not his cup of tea to respect 90, uh, I think lost him a lot of money. I think maybe not from everybody, but I think there are going to be some teams and some clubs and some clubhouses that are going to look at that and say, well, why would I want to play with that guy? Yeah, he's talented, but he, he literally just admitted that he's not going to play hard all the time. And I think with the optics of the Russell situation the last month or so, and going back to last year, obviously, I think the last thing the Cubs want to do is bring in somebody who's, A, said that he's not Johnny Hustle, and it's Charlie Hustle, but many may not know that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, between that not being Johnny Hustle and also, you know, the fact that he – uh, I, I lost my train of thought there, <laughs> but he's not, he's not Johnny hustle. And the fact that he may be considered a dirty player. There you go. I got the choo-choo back. Uh, we don't want the optics of signing a dirty player in the wake of signing a guy who is already causing a lot of controversy. You know, it'd be interesting to see. Imagine if the Cubs did sign Manny Machado, imagine those Cubs brewers games after what happened to <laughs> NLCS. <laughs> Oh, man, all season? Oh, geez. Just just think about it. If you thought Cubs-Brewers was intense already, think about it with the prospect of possibly having Manny Machado playing the Brewers next year when, you know, emotions are already going to be at its peak, and then you'd add that into the mix. Because, I mean, let's face it, the Brewers were not happy after last night's game. I'm sure you all no, saw they're, that. they're still not. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have been either. I would have been pissed. <laughs> I was a little – I mean, I don't think they could have granted the situation today, but I would have considered taking a shot at him if I was an opposing pitcher. I'd just be mad if I was a brewer. I'd, that's what would upset me. If I was in a brewer's <laughs> uniform, I'd I'd probably be in a pretty bad mood. Honestly, the brewers are going to win like 82 games next year. That's what I'm saying. I think they're. I think they were serial overachievers this year. And I think they're going to come back down to earth next year. I think it's going to depend on a lot of moves, but I definitely think there's going to be some regression through a number of those guys because a lot of them did have career years. And I'm not taking that away from how they played this year, but yeah, you looked at a lot of these guys had better years than they've normally had. So they're probably going to have to add some reinforcements because I really don't think Jolie's Chassin or Jeremy Jeffress are going to have quite the same years that they did. Obviously, Yelich is a great player. Lorenzo Cain's a good player, but he's also getting older. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that there's going to be some regression there, and they're going to have to make some moves because they're not going to get the same success rate, I don't think, with the same exact team without making any moves. Yeah, I don't think we can worry about the Brewers. We just got to – go out and try and win 100 games again. Touche. Yep. Touche. Um, so, 
Any last thoughts on the Manny or Bryce debate? Um, I don't really have any more questions or thoughts on it. I guess one more thing to think about uh, would be this. If uh, either one of them were to sign, where would the other one go? Because I know there's a lot of talk about Philadelphia. Um, If the Cubs Mm -hmm. maybe got Harper, would he go back to L.A.? I think that what's going to be interesting is when one comes to the Cubs, it's going to be interesting to see where the other one goes. Mm-hmm. I, I guess Yankees is probably the first popular thought that would pop into most people's heads. I would think, uh, especially yeah, especially yeah, especially for Machado with with uh, opening in the shortstop position at least for next year. But let's face it, Machado is better than D.D. Gregorius anyway, so. Even if D.D. wasn't hurt, I think the Yankees would still go pretty hard after Machado. I think they will go pretty hard after Manny Machado. Think about this right now. Think about if Manny Machado ends up a Yankee, how would Baltimore fans respond when he returns to Camden Yards? I think there'd be a lot of bullets. It'd be pretty ugly. I don't know. I don't know if you guys read this article, but there's an article on SB Nation that was talking about, especially after the events of last night, how Machado is like the perfect wrestling heel for the postseason. Um, but I mean, I I kind of get the sense that the people in in Baltimore really love him, and I don't know. I mean, I you know he was pretty classy about his whole departure, and you know, obviously during All Star break he didn't really say that much or didn't feed into it too much. Um, so I don't really know if he if he would get booed. I mean, let's face it, the or- the Orioles are not going to compete in that division for years to come. So I don't no. I don't even know if they have the right to boo, boo him anyway. <laughs> I I I gotta think the Yankees have to be number one for Machado. You know, I thought that maybe there there would be a chance he would resign uh, with the Dodgers, but once. Uh, What's his name comes back? I can't even Seager. Yeah, once Seager comes Seager. back. Yeah. Because I think Machado has made it public that he's he would not prefer to play third base. So and, right. and they're not going to move Seager. So I, I think that might rule the Dodgers out. I don't know. Well, here's my here's my quick thoughts on you know it, you made a good point about you know the people of Baltimore loved Manny for many years and I do think so. And I do think that no matter what, he would get some cheers from some Baltimore fans. But I think there'd be a huge difference if Manny Machado went back batting as a Dodger than batting for the hated Yankees. If he was a Yankee, I think there'd be a lot more sour feelings. Like If he came back as a Dodger, if they were playing the Dodgers, he'd probably get a standing ovation. But going to the hated Yankees, I think that would cause some souring feelings. His, Machado strikes me as the kind of guy who would not go to a smaller market team. I mean, not that they've got the money to to pony up for Machado anyway, but I just I I don't know. I can't see Machado signing with anybody else, but but someone like the Yankees, the Dodgers, Red Sox, the big boys, you know. And he's not going to yeah, I, I go to the Diamondbacks. Not going to go to the Cardinals. I just can't see something like that happening. Oh, here's a good question for you guys. Here's a very good one. Do you think that the Cardinals are a threat to take Bryce Harper from us potentially? Do you think no. they'll go hard after Harper? No. I think they're cheapskates that don't like to spend that kind of money 
So that, I don't think they will, no. Marty, it would go. what do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. I, I don't see it happening. And even if they were willing to throw the money at him, I kind of doubt that Bryce would want to go there. Bill, what do you think? It would go against their recent history and development. and they, they, They've developed a ton of outfielders who are really good. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't necessarily see them going after either one really hard, but what do I know? John Mozalek <laughs> has always kind of prided himself of developing his own guys, and frankly, I think while he's had success at it, I think Cardinals fans would agree it's kind of bit them in the butt the past few years. So, yeah, I, I think that they may there, – there's a part of me that thinks they may be more aggressive, but I, I would still – feel pretty comfortable if it was between the Cubs and the Cardinals that he'd come to Chicago. You know what? I think baseball is going to throw a curveball at us and Harper's going to sign with the Rays and Machado is going <laughs> to sign with the Reds. That's what's going to happen. Book it. Tell it's your bookie funny, right it's now. Funny, it's funny you say that because I was actually thinking in the back of my head, if they had the payroll, it would be sweet to see one of those guys go to the Rays. Because I could, I think they could be. I mean, they could instantly jump into contention in the East. I think, um, given the the youth they have and the pitching staff that they have coming up, because um, they have even more guys coming up from AAA and and September call-ups that they had. Um, but they just they obviously do not have the the payroll flexibility to make either of those guys happen. So. No, that 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 would be like sixty percent of their payroll going to one. <laughs> Imagine if one of those guys went to Cincinnati. Like, think about Bryce Harper playing in Great American Ballpark. How many tanks that guy would hit? He'd hit fifty. He'd hit a lot of home runs. Oh yeah. Well, the Dodgers still win, like, took Game Five. Games. Unless he can pitch, he's not really going to help him a whole lot. Well, that's true, too, because, I mean, they're they're a very one-dimensional team, and that's kind of hurt them. Well, uh, I don't really have anything else to bring up. You guys have any last thoughts? Oh, yeah, give me Saquon Barkley, please. No. That was worth a shot. Wait, what did you say, Bill? Who would we trade if we got either Harper – well, probably Harper. We wouldn't have to trade anybody if we got Machado. Who would we trade? Um, I – well, you're not going to like this one, and I wouldn't like this one because we love him. But I have a strong feeling that they would trade Almora. Um, I just think that, this, you know, the tendency for Joe to platoon him as as often as he did, you know, in my opinion, it's part of what, what ruined his season. Um, but that's for another matter. Um, but I think, you know, the fact that he was willing to go to that and his determined, um, you know, stance on going with Ian Happ and Schwarber in the lineup at all times, uh, I think that kind of makes Elmore the odd man out. And I think you do kind of have to get rid of one of those outfield pieces if you are going to bring in a bright. Yeah, um, I agree. So I would, not, I would not be surprised in the slightest to see one of those guys and then, I mean, I frankly would not be surprised if they tried to package one of them with a David Bodie, uh, especially if they're going to try and add a really marquee bullpen or rotational arm. Um, so I think that would be intriguing to, you know, if we floated those two guys out there to see what kind of what kind of return we could get. Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, 
it's going to be some of those young outfielders slash platoon guys. I would love to talk about this more, but we are out of time here on Climbing the Ivy. Bill, Marty, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show and being guests. It was great having you again. Adam, I guess thanks, thanks again that. for being my co-host. Um, no, I'm not giving you bar yeah, whatever. so stop asking me. <laughs> uh, so until next time, that's Bill, Marty, and Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night. We will see you next week.